paging Mr. Granger. Paging Mr. Steve Granger. Here, boy, over here. You're Steve Granger from New York? That's me. Well, you're supposed to go to room 704 right away. Thanks. It's a woman, isn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, what sort of uh, looking person is she? Well, you'll have to judge for yourself, sir. I'm a married man. That stops you giving a doll a once-over? Boy, you must be married to a dragon. You're Steve Granger? And you're a Charlotte boy. Come in, please. You're looking at me very strangely, Mr. Granger. What is it? Pardonable curiosity, Miss Boyce. I get a telephone call in New York City to come up here to Southgate. Wait at the Concord Hotel. I get here. I get paged in the lobby. and told to go to room 704. Why the elaborate routine? I had to make very certain that no one knew what I was doing. Go on. I have an envelope here, Mr. Granger, that contains $3,000. Take it. Well, what happens with this money? In about half an hour, a man named Vic Sully will call on Did you. Did you say Vic Sully? Yes, he will hand you four letters in exchange for the money. Just simple blackmail, is that it? No, it's not, Mr. Granger. And that's why I've made all these elaborate preparations. Several years ago, my father died bankrupt. I've been trying to uncover evidence that someone had been blackmailing him. And you think this guy, Vic Sully, is behind it? No, Vic Sully's only a tool, Mr. Granger. But be very careful with him, or you might get hurt. This is Steve Granger, private detective, with a story whose ingredients are a babe, a bit of blackmail, and a couple of bullets. A smooth recipe, which nearly put me on the hot plate. In just a moment, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. This is Granger. I was alone in a hotel room in a town I'd never been in before. After talking to a girl I'd never seen before, holding an envelope containing $3,000, and with the unprepossessing prospect of a visit from a certain Vic Sully, him I did know. And I had an idea I was going to be something of an unpleasant surprise for him. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought there was a young... Hey, you are Steve Granger, the private eye. Come in, Vic. But listen... You got the right room. Inside. Now, we can be nice and comfy. Oh, the dame dragged you in on it. What dame? I was told I'd meet an old friend. I waited here. So I did. Cut it out and let's get down to business. Since you want to play it cute, a certain lady and I had an arrangement. It concerned a small matter of $3,000. Yeah? And some letters. Do we make an exchange or Listen, don't we? Listen, Sully, I don't fool with cheap chiselers. Now hand over those letters. You're pretty quick with a gun, aren't you, Snoop? Now it'll be a pleasure to pull a trigger. Come on, hand them over. Okay, here they are. Sit on the bed where I can watch you. Want to make sure. Yeah, they're McCoy. Don't worry. Yeah, I guess they are. Well, thanks, Vic. And let me give you a piece of advice. If you bother that little lady, you're really in for it, understand? Now, scram. Granger... Would you listen to a proposition? From you? No. We could make a lot of money together. I opened the door for you. Beat it. You'd get a lot of dough, Granger. I'm going to slap you right on the chops if you don't get out of here. You got a price. What is it? 
Now you understand, don't you, Vic? Yeah, I do. And you ought to understand something, Granger. Nobody ever slugged Vic Sully and got away with it. Vic Sully walked down the hotel hall. When he reached the elevators, he turned. Took a slow, malicious look. Look that said he intended to go all out to get even for what had happened. I got on the phone and told Charlotte Boyce to come over. Mr. Granger? Here are your letters, Miss Boyce. You've got them? Better take a look and see if they're what you wanted. These are the ones, Mr. Granger. Oh, how can I thank you? Here, take back your $3,000. You didn't pay him? I've met him before. Also, Miss Boyce, I didn't like the look on Vic Sully's face. I think I'd better stay over a day or two with him in Southgate. Yes, Mr. Granger, you'd better. Because there's more in this than you think. I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. Charlotte Boyce thanked me again for getting the letters and saving her the $3,000. Then she said she'd call me later in the day and hurried out of the door. I sat down on the bed and devoted myself to considering how Vic Sully would go in a Mr. Unpopular contest when the phone beside me started ringing. Yeah. Is that Steve Granger? It is. Mr. Granger, I heard that you'd be in town for a while. I have a little problem you might like to tackle. What kind of a problem? Oh, I can't explain over the telephone. My name is Walter Coleman. If you're not busy, I'd like to meet you at about ten this evening. Can you make it? Where? I'll be waiting in a car at the corner of Main and Haller Street. Okay, Mr. Coleman. I'll be there at that time. Walter Coleman hung up the phone. So did I. I sat and thought for a while, then went down into the lobby. A question, tossed to the desk clerk, brought me a nod of the head towards a man sitting in a lobby chair. I moved over to him. Pardon me. You're the house detective? Yeah? My name is Steve Granger. I'm a private eye from New York. Well, what do you want? I just got a telephone call from a guy named Walter Coleman. He offered me a job. Who is he? He's a big shot up there. He's got a lot of dough. Now he's getting old. He goes in for charity. He gives away like crazy. Hmm. Maybe you'll give some of it to me. No, even those hospitals, not healthy characters. I must go upstairs and put on my palette. On you, I figure it'll look good. Well, how about a drink, mister? I owe you for the dope on Coleman. Uh, you forget I'm the hired help. The manager saw me in a cocktail lounge. He'd have kittens. That I'd like to see. At ten that night, I was waiting at the corner of Main and Hallard. A quiet corner, and kind of dark. But on time, a large, imposing limousine drew up. At the wheel was a gentleman whom I presumed was Walter Coleman. He was not a large, nor imposing. Get in, please, Mr. Granger. turned the car away from the main center of the city, and we drove for a while in complete silence. Walter Coleman's eyes were fixed straight ahead. He never turned his head to look at me. Finally, we pulled up in front of an apartment house, and he led me upstairs. 
Now, Mr. Granger, take a chair. We can talk here. Okay. Granger, have you ever killed a man? Why? Oh, I don't mean in conflict or when your life was in danger. I'm speaking of cold-blooded, premeditated murder. You want me to kill somebody? Is that it, Coleman? Uh, for a price. A good price. Look, Coleman, I don't know who the man is or what the game is. But you include me as being among the absent. And I suggest you stop entertaining thoughts of murder. The state of New York reserves an electric chair for people like you. Granger, I thought you might refuse. So, I have an alternative for you. Great. You will dispose of the body. I don't think so. I will pay you $5,000 for this service. Well, <clears throat> see you later, Coleman. Can't say it hasn't been a pleasure, though. Don't move, Mr. Granger. And please, don't try to reach your weapon. Hmm. You know, old guys like you shouldn't play with guns. I am not playing. You'll pardon me if I take the precaution of relieving you of your gun. Now what? I wanted to make certain that you would hear me out. Oh? $5,000 is a lot of money, Granger, for a simple job like disposing of a body. I think you're out of your head. I have influence, you realize. You will be protected. Forget it, Coleman. Please stay where you are. Come in. Now, listen, Coleman, what's the idea of getting me to come over here? Granger! I see you two know each other. Put up your hands, Vic, after you close the door. I'm not afraid of you, Coleman. I told you off this afternoon, remember? My deal's over. Mr. Granger and I have been talking. I believe that a man can kill another person and get away with it. No. Coleman, just a second. What's the matter, Vic? Nervous? That gun. You're just kidding, aren't you? Am I? Well, we were pals. We worked together. Vic, you are a double-crossing liar. And you know what I'm talking about. But maybe I ought to let you two kids fight it out among yourselves. No, Mr. Granger, I don't think so. Before I knew what he was going to do, the casual Mr. Coleman clumped me across the skull with his gun butt, and I floated to the floor. Minutes passed, and when I finally and slowly swam out of the fog of unconsciousness, the figure of Vic Sully swam at a focus on the floor beside me. And even in my weakened state, it didn't take long to realize that Mr. Sully was extremely dead. In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. This was a situation I always hate finding myself in. On the floor in a strange apartment with a stiff by my side. I decided a little assistance was in order, and I was in luck. There was a phone in the dingy room. A phone that could connect me with my newspaper pal, Cal Hendricks, from New York. Hendricks speaking. Cal, this is Granger. Wow, hi. How's Southgate? Unhealthy for me. I look like being a candidate for an art gallery hanging on a wall all nicely framed. Yeah, that's it. I have the best of all reasons to suspect that a guy named Coleman has just shot and killed Vic Sully. Well, there will be no flowers at that funeral. But there might be at mine. That's if you get generous and spend a dollar. 
Cal Vic Sully was shot with my gun. When last seen, which was just before he slugged me on the skull, Mr. Coleman was wearing gloves. Steve, my friend, it becomes increasingly obvious to me that you should not be allowed out without a bodyguard. You are so right. However, get in touch with Lieutenant Jake Rankin on homicide. Tell him what's happened. Ask him to do something fast, because I've got an idea that my next residence will be the local Hooskow. I'll get onto it right away, Steve. Anything else? Yeah. Next time, keep me out of strange towns. I hung up and decided that this was no time to be waiting around to greet the local constabulary. So I beat it for the street. I hadn't gone very far when I heard a familiar voice. Mr. Granger, this way quickly. Miss Boyd, what are you doing here? I'll explain later. I've got a car. Hurry. That's the police. You certainly got here in a hurry. Get in quick. Yeah. Now then, how about explaining? Why were you hanging around this district this time of night? I had a premonition, Mr. Granger. I saw you leave the hotel. I followed you. You heard what went on? And you'd make a beautiful witness if you did. I heard nothing except the shot. Then Mr. Coleman came out. You didn't. I was about to go into that place and I saw you. You know Coleman? Of course. But you just happened to follow. I'll explain. Not now, later. Where to? The hotel. Still got a room there. Looks like a good spot to go in a hurry. In some way, Charlotte Boyce was implicated in Vic Sully's death. But I was too dazed to see how. She dropped me off at the hotel, and I was grateful that the room had a bath. The water felt good on the bump over my left eye. You just knock and walk in, huh? Does the house detective have that right, mister? Call me Todd. Okay, Todd. What's the routine for us? Have I violated one of the house rules, like to uh, peek under the bed? I'm peeking at your head. Hey, did you hit it against something hard? Yeah, I did. Why? Well, everybody knows that a fella can get into a little roughhouse once in a while. Of course, of course. Sometimes, though, these roughhouse deals, they might wind up in, say, a killing. You interested? How much should I be interested, Todd? Well, how about a hundred bucks worth? Or if you ain't interested, maybe somebody like the cops, for instance, would be interested. I see what you mean. Now, I ain't got too much time, Granger. I've got to make my rounds. How about paying me off and we'll forget the whole thing? Yeah. Guess if a guy has to pay off, he has to pay off. So here. Take it. <coughs> now, get this, you crummy town swiper. Don't get smarter on me, understand? Now, beat it. You're making me tired. Come in. Ah. Oh. Hiya, Sergeant. What are you doing up here, Dodd? Well, I was just talking to my old friend, Steve Granger. It seems that... I know what it seems. Blow. Sure, sure. Anything you say. You're Steve Granger. I'm Sergeant Jim Clark, Police Department. We want you down at headquarters. What for? You own a thirty-eight caliber automatic, number 67381, don't you? Sure I do. I got it right here. You haven't got it, Granger. We've got it. Well, Lieutenant... Stop it. I'm a sergeant and you know it. We found your gun in the Vic Sully's body. It had been fired once. So let's take a ride to headquarters. Okay, Mr. Granger. The bullet that killed Vic Sully came from your gun. Now, what have you got to say? I'm afraid that if I said anything right now, you wouldn't believe it. 
Like what, for example? Like mentioning a man named Walter Coleman. You know him? Walter Coleman is a most respected man in this community. You wouldn't be trying to implicate him in Sully's death. You can easily prove that I never fired my own gun. There are tests for that, you know. Yes, I know. Hello? It's Jim Clark, homicide. Oh, you're trying to get me, Lieutenant. Uh, what's that? Oh, I see. Well, it's a rather unusual thing to ask. Uh, oh, you will? Yeah, I'll go along with you, but just for a few days. Goodbye. That was Lieutenant Rankin of the New York City Police Department. Seems to know you quite well. He does. He was adamant in his belief that you were entirely truthful. Told me to ask you directly, did you shoot Vic Sully? I did not. Rankin also suggested that we have you work with us, that you could assist us. So I'm releasing you, but under surveillance. Back in my hotel room, I used the telephone. But Walter Coleman was not at home, nor was Charlotte Boyce. A baffled private eye went to bed with a bump on his skull and malice in his soul. This was the following morning in Walter Coleman's office. The secretary had a back to me, powdering a face, so I took the opportunity and sneaked into Coleman's private sanctum. Who are you, and what do you want? Don't give me that stuff, Coleman, or I'll come around behind that desk and start disassembling you. Now, one moment, please. We don't conduct business that way in here. Coleman, you are coming down to police headquarters and make a statement that you shot and killed Vic Sully. Really? But I don't know anybody named Sully. Why should I confess to killing him? Can you prove you were at home all last evening? Whether I can or can't is of no importance. I did not kill the man. I think you're out of your head. I've never seen you before, and if you come any closer, I should call the police and prefer charges against you. Do I make myself clear? Do you? Granger, take this advice. Leave town. Yeah, I think I'll do that. So long, Coleman. For now. That's a nice guy you work for, baby. Hey. Hey, what are you doing here? I? Well, I work here. All right, Miss Boyce, what's the gimmick? How does paying $3,000 to a blackmailer named Sully tie in with Sully's death? Mr. Granger, please don't say any more. Mr. Coleman might hear you. What do I care if he... Please, Mr. Granger, I'll get in touch with you later. Under these circumstances, young lady, you'd better. Charlotte Boyce threw me a scared look. I went back to the hotel for an aspirin and something stronger to wash it down. Then I started remembering things. I decided a few words with the nosy house Dick Todd would be in order. And a buck planted in the desk clerk's fist got me his address. He was off duty. The card on the apartment at 912 East River said that Todd's full name was Todd Klein. He lived on the ground floor primarily because it was a one-story building. Yeah. What do you want? Inside, Todd. What are you trying to do? What's the push around for? Todd, I'm going to ask some questions. You'd better answer them. Or you'll be mixed up in a murder rap. Murder? How'd you know I was at that apartment where Vic Sully was killed? Well, I'm a dick, you know. I get around. You get around the hotel. How'd you know about me? Maybe I was suspicious. Maybe I followed you. Why? Well, because 
Look, I'm a hotel dick. I didn't want to bring any bad publicity to the place, you see. <laughs> Listen, Chisler, start telling me the truth. You've kept an eye on me ever since Charlotte Boyce and I met in room 704, haven't you? No, it's like... Hard, tell me things. <laughs> or tell him to homicide. You know I was at that apartment when Sully was killed. How? I told you. I followed you. Why? Was it because you hoped to get something on somebody else? Somebody like Walter Coleman? Granger, I can't talk. If I say a word to you, I'm in trouble. I'm in bad trouble, you okay, see. Okay, let's go. We'll talk to the cops. But I can't do that. Now, please, Granger, I can't. Yeah. You ought to understand these kinds of... As I heard the shot, I dropped to the floor. Todd Klein dropped to the floor right alongside me. There was one difference. He was dead. A car roared off, but not quite in time for me to miss the license tab. I notified Jim Clark at police headquarters, gave him the number of the license plates, and got going. Mr. Granger, you shouldn't have come back to this office. Oh, but I should have, Miss Boyce. Something you're going to tell me right now. Are you mixed up in the shooting of Vic Sully? Did you frame me? Oh, no, I never meant it to be that way. I had nothing to do with his death. Lucky for you, little lady. Because your boss, Walter Coleman, not only shot and killed Sully, he just polished off a hotel detective named Klein. No. Tell me. Coleman has been out, hasn't he? Yes. He just got back. Five minutes before you came in. Thanks. What are you going to do? Something very unpleasant. I suggest you stay out of the way. You again? Didn't I warn you to keep away from me? I shall call the police. Go ahead. You're through, Coleman. You also shot Todd Klein. I got the license number of your car. But that proves nothing. Look, smart guy. At the risk of a lawsuit, I'm dragging you in for a check on your hands. You fired a gun not over 30 minutes ago. You could wear asbestos gloves. And the coat I'd still show through. Put up your hands, Granger. So it's that way. Walk towards me, please. Now what? Do I take a bullet, too? Because there'll be witnesses. Your own secretary, for instance. I'll get rid of her. She knows too much anyway. Too bad, Granger. Mr. Coleman, don't shoot! Thanks, Miss Boyce. Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Charlotte Boyce had opened the door, seen the gun in Coleman's hand, and screamed, giving me a chance to slap him down. We telephoned Jim Clark at police headquarters, who came over immediately to take Walter Coleman into custody on a murder charge, a charge that evidence would substantiate. When the men left, I started firing questions at Charlotte Boyce. But, Mr. Craig... Now, just give me some answers. What about this Coleman? How do you ever get into the blackmail racket? Well, he was prominent socially. He met a lot of people through his charity work. He was managed to get something on them. Then, because he couldn't do the dirty work in person, he used Vic Sully as a go-between. But about those letters that belonged to your father, why didn't you tell me the whole story at first? That Coleman was behind it. I intended to after you got the letters... But when you took them away from Vic Sully without paying him, I became frightened. Did you know that the hotel detective Todd Klein worked for Coleman, too? I suspected it when I noticed how curious he was. That was another reason I decided to keep quiet. 
Now, if you were scared, why stand Coleman's office as his secretary? Oh, I thought maybe I could get something more on him. How about your dad's letters? I destroyed them. I just wanted to know that what I believed was true. You helped me to do that. So you deserve a reward. Like this check. Well, thanks. I'm very funny about money. I, I never say no to it. Then perhaps you won't say no to a bonus. Like this. Lady, for that sort of bonus, I'm prepared to work overtime. Steve Granger again. You've just heard one of the most interesting cases in my files. And I'll have another one for you. So be around next time. Next time.